Darkwing Duck. When there's trouble, you call DW. <laughs> so weird. Why do you remember that? I love Darkwing Duck. Let's get dangerous. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. It was so okay. good. Okay. <laughs> you didn't? What was no, your... I like Darkwing Duck. I just, you have a really good memory for like 80s stuff. What was like your favorite cartoon? Out of that series? Like, like out Darkwing of, yeah. Duck or DuckTales? I mean, out of out of that, I would say like out of the WB ones. Is it? Are they WB? They're Disney. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Out of the Disney ones, Darkwing Duck is my favorite, and then out of the WB ones, like uh, Animaniacs or whatever. Oh yeah, Animaniacs was good, but I don't know. I always liked Tiny Toon Adventures more. Oh, Tiny Toons was good. Yeah, but I thought Animaniacs was funnier. I think a lot of people thought. Yeah, I think most people would agree with you. Yeah, uh, but Darkwing Duck was probably my favorite out of the uh, the Disney ones. It was good. DuckTales, DuckTales is probably second. You remember second the theme song, though, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I remember the DuckTales theme song. All right, Jason, let's get dangerous. That way, is that in the theme song? Yeah, let's get dangerous. Oh, oh yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Oh, you're my right. gosh. Yeah, I mean, you remember all these things from the 80s. I just don't understand, like... I, I vaguely remember Were them. you, like, doing drugs during the 80s? Like? No, I don't know. I just vaguely remember them, but I don't, like... Uh, Maybe you just didn't watch them as hardcore like as Like that did. McDonald's moon guy? Like, I don't know why you remember <laughs> that so clearly. And he's in your dream. Like, that's a little weird. No, like, I don't know how he popped up in my dream. It's just, I haven't, like, thought about, like, this McDonald's moon guy, like, Mac tonight well, or clearly whatever. clearly you have. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly in, in your subconscious, Mike. Welcome to For The Podcast. This is episode seven. I'm Michael. Here is my good friend and co-host, Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey, how's it going? My <laughs> eyeball kind of hurts. Why does your eyeball hurt? I don't know. It, Did uh, you walk into a pole? <laughs> nope. How's your eye doing, by the way? It's uh, it's going okay. I mean, I, I the uh, scab kind of peeled, and so hopefully it doesn't scar. I wish but, you had posted um, pictures in the show notes. Karen actually has some. All right. I can I'll, see. I don't know how good the pictures are, but um, I can try to post them. All right. I'd like to see them. You don't have to share them with everyone. Oh, just you? Just just me. Okay. So do we have any follow-up? Yeah, uh, a couple quick items. Uh, Karen wanted me to uh, clarify something I said last week about the wallet. I think I said that she found it on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but actually she just uh, Googled for Slim Wallets because she knew that my wallet was kind of bulky. And uh, she came across it. And uh, after using it a little longer, I actually think I like it a lot. Like, it's um, it's pretty useful. I, I like that it has a bunch of different compartments uh, for the different cards, and, and they all kind of have different functions. So um, it's a really good gift. Nice. I don't know what it is about, like, significant others and slim wallets. I feel like I got that as a, as a gift a few years back, but it's since uh, bulked up a little bit. Which one did you get? I don't know. She just got, it was like a regular wallet, but it was like a slim, a slim wallet. I've always wanted to get one of those like money clips that just hold a couple of cards, but I just have too many cards. I, I just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. And then, yeah, I don't know. My wallet started out like really slim. I like trimmed everything out and then it's just slowly like bulked up again. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, uh, mine's a good size. I, I think I like it. It's definitely slimmer than my last wallet. So it's, it's definitely an improvement. Um, and then another uh, item that I had was that... Uh, we spoke about Randy Johnson's professional photography career uh, last week. Yep. And uh, someone noted that his logo is actually a dead bird. And that's uh, in reference to uh, when he was pitching with the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
And uh, there's this famous video, we'll link it in the show notes, uh, where he's throwing a pitch. It's like 99 mile an hour fastball, and it actually hits a bird mid-flight. Yeah, I remember that. And the bird kind of just gets obliterated. Like, <laughs> like it explodes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I thought that was a little uh, a little dark, but uh, kind of funny, I guess, right? So, I mean, what do you think that means? Or what, why did he choose that? I think he's maybe... It's kind of weird, because like, he's a pretty uh, famous pitcher and like pretty decorated uh, and he actually, I think he just made it to the Hall of Fame. So it's kind of weird that like his uh, his logo is like a dead bird because he you think that he has like other things that he, like a World Series ring or like, yeah. something else that he's more proud of. But I guess he's very proud of killing that bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah, that is weird. That's cool. I mean, that video is just crazy. I mean, yeah, we will post it. But every time I watch that, it's just what are the chances of that happening? Yeah, it's kind of. I mean. Or do you think it should happen more often? Probably not, right? Yeah, probably not. Because there aren't... I mean, there are birds in stadiums and stuff, but not that many. And then, like, flying across during a pitch. You think they would know, right? Like, hey, let's not fly in that area. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, oh, hey, that dude died or that bird died, like, <laughs> last time. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. Not not on my end. How about you? Uh, oh, there there was that. Did you see that story? There's a couple of stories on 9to5Mac. Uh, Mark Gurman broke. This week, uh, the first one was, I guess, the Apple Watch, and he's claiming that um, the Apple Watch will be released sometime in March. And so if he's true, and he's generally pretty good with his rumors, then uh, it looks like I'm going to lose my bet with uh, Chris Drackett. Who am I going to send my heartbeat to? And, uh, you can do it in March, right? Just, <laughs> I guess for Valentine's Day, yeah, you're out of luck. Uh, all right, so... Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Mark Gurman was listening to our podcast. <laughs> he clearly wanted to clarify some rumors. Yep, he wanted to make sure that you knew that you're losing your bet. <laughs> and uh, he also he also had like a huge blowout on like the new the new MacBook Air. Yeah, I saw that. That's actually really cool. We'll post a link to this, but he posted this thing or this this article with mockups. Um, I don't know who his sources are, but yeah, he's generally pretty good. Yeah, and the mockups are usually really good too, right? I think like he did a thing where right before iOS seven and there was a huge design change, and like the night before, he someone I guess one of his sources leaked like the some of the icons, and he had a mockup. He had someone draw a mockup um, based on these descriptions, and so they you know he released them the night before, and they were pretty spot on, like almost exactly like the real icons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's good. Whoever his sources are and like whoever he gets to like mock these things up, they're all they're all pretty good. But I mean, we we talked about this a little on our last podcast. Um and, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talked about, you know, is kind of already known. So, it wasn't it wasn't too surprising to see a lot of it. I think like you said, it's going to be a 12-inch laptop but in like a, the 11-inch form factor. Right, the the slimmer bezel, so it's a smaller form factor but a bigger screen. Yeah. Um, what what else was there? Oh, just like the removal of all these ports, right? Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. So according to Mark Gurman, there's just one headphone port and then or a headphone jack. And then there's one USB Type-C plug. The reversible kind. Right, the new one that's reversible and it's way smaller. But there's only going to be one of them. Uh, no power port and no uh, no display or Thunderbolt or, or you know, traditional USB port. Uh, so that's kind of been causing like a, I don't know, a stir in the internet, right? Like, what do you think? I mean, I could see Apple doing that, like removing 
just you know removing we talked about this also on another podcast right where they we talk about them just like not being afraid to remove kind of legacy ports even though thunderbolt is still pretty current yeah but they're just they're really not afraid to just throw away whatever ports they want and just uh go with whatever kind of whatever they want to uh the USB Type C port, I could see them using because it's reversible, which goes along with like the other end of like their Lightning connector. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then I guess they're saying that I think Mark Gurman was saying that uh, you can carry power over USB Type C. Right. So that would also function as the as the um, power. It's kind of weird though that there's only one one of them, right? So I understand like maybe if there's two of them and you use one to plug it in, and maybe one to to plug in, um, I don't know, like your iPhone or, or something like that. But it's a little weird to just have one, right? Like, do you think that's enough? Uh, I don't think it's enough, but I think they'll, there'll be like a compromise. Like, they'll have to probably have, I don't know, I, I think they may have some additional maybe USB ports maybe farther along on the cord somewhere. I don't know. Or maybe maybe like on the... Uh the AC adapter portion? Yeah, I guess if they make the AC adapter portion like a little closer to the laptop. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's that thing that we were uh, kind of texting each other about, like the plug bug. Yeah, I actually hadn't seen that before. So the plug bug is a thing that, uh, well, it plugs into the AC adapter, uh, the current, like the MacBook AC adapter, and it adds like a USB port, but it's just for charging. So you don't have to take up a USB port to like charge uh, your iPhone or your iPad on your on your MacBook. Um, but it doesn't carry any data. You can't transfer files to your computer from it. But I mean, if they were creating a brand new solution, I'm sure Apple would. I'm not sure they would put it on the AC adapter now. I kind of thought that would be a good solution. But when we were talking about it, it just doesn't make sense. It's too far away. And it's normally going to be on the ground. Yeah, it's a little weird, right? If you're if you're if you're going to like connect your mouse, your wired mouse to it or something, the cord probably won't be long enough to to reach your desk or you in your phone, right? Like nobody wants to charge their phone on the floor while their laptop is on their desk, right? Yeah, so maybe I think that doesn't make as much sense to me anymore, but I think it still makes sense for them to put some ports maybe somewhere along that cord, maybe closer to the laptop. What do you think? I think that that would make the most sense, but I just don't understand how, like, whether that's possible and whether that would make the cord just really big, right? Like, I mean, if it has like a, a USB port or even like a, another USB type C port there, I'm not sure how feasible that is. I guess my, my whole thing on this is that like, they are going more towards like cloud storage and, and just continuity and handoff and, and like maybe Bluetooth connectivity of transferring files to your to your iPhone and maybe possibly other computers. So maybe you don't really need that many um, connections, I guess. So maybe most of the time it'll just be the power. And if the battery life is really good, maybe you won't even need the power most of the time, right? Yeah, that's true. And uh, maybe this laptop isn't geared towards professionals. So you won't need like Thunderbolt for you know, hooking up external drives or, um, you know, like video, video or audio accessories for like video audio professionals. Yeah, it's probably definitely not towards uh, professionals, but and maybe they can just do like one, um, you know, like one plug that powers a hub that you can then connect an external display, you know, things like that, right? So like it, there, there is some flexibility there. It's not ideal because there's only one port, but um, it's definitely possible, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. And then to get rid of MagSafe is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? I, I, I do agree. Like some people are saying, well, MagSafe is so great just because like you can like plug your laptop in on a table and if you happen to like walk past the cable and trip on it or let's say my dog walks on it and, and it won't bring the whole laptop off the table because it's connected to this cable. Yeah, and considering they just redesigned the, the MagSafe connector a little while ago it doesn't seem like it was that long ago to like magsafe 2 yeah so i mean it's slimmer yeah it's a little weird 
I just don't know why they would throw it away so quickly. So there's an article on uh, Daring Fireball that was just posted that I just saw, and uh, I guess they, they posed some theories on that, like uh, John Gruber did, and uh, one of them was maybe they would still have MagSafe, but just a little lower down along the cable, so it's not necessarily the actual uh, edge that's magnetic, but maybe like a magnetic connector. Uh, I'm not sure if that's feasible, but that would make sense to me. Yeah, if you don't have room on the laptop to put that there, but at least you get a lot of the benefit if you put it somewhere on the cord, right, where it can break away still without taking your laptop down. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And people have also been saying inductive charging, right? Yeah, one of my friends, Drakkit, I think, mentioned it's possible for inductive charging. Uh, and while it would be, like, really cool, I just don't, I don't know, I personally don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it, I don't, I don't know enough about inductive charging to really talk about it, but is it, like, efficient enough? It would need to be really efficient, and then, like, I'm not sure, like, yeah, I don't know that much about it either, but, like, I would imagine you would need to have some kind of mat, right? And like, how feasible is it to like, or maybe I guess not a mat. I guess you could just have like a, a connection that just is next to it, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Yeah. And then the other thing was something that uh, John Gruber again pointed out was that German didn't really mention anything about retina, right? Yeah. Some people say that, I mean, German's story, if you read carefully, I guess, he, he does say it's a higher resolution display. It doesn't necessarily say retina, but maybe maybe by now everyone just assumes that like, you know, the other competitors that have been releasing similar type laptops, the resolutions are pretty high, right? And this is rumored to be the Retina MacBook Air. Maybe, you know, by just saying it's the higher resolution laptop, unless he specifically chose those words because it's like a, a higher resolution that's not still Retina. I, I'm not sure. But I mean, I, I'm not too worried about that. Okay. So you don't think that he intentionally left out like a Retina display? I feel like if it was that, if that was the case, he probably would call that out, right? Like, it's not like he's trying to like not spoil it, right? Like, he's definitely trying to like lay out all the information that he knows. And so if he knows for a fact that this is like a slightly higher resolution display, but it's still not retina or not as good as other you know competitors displays, uh, I think that he would have definitely called that out. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I just don't know. I mean, I would assume... I mean, why, why can't they do it, right? They can get the iPad 10-point-something screen is Retina, and they make a 27-inch Retina iMac. I guess the only thing would be, like, the cost. The cost. Right. Yeah. What, one other thing that I wanted to mention was um, whether you thought it would actually come in different colors. There's rumors that this is the first time it would come in space gray, and I think there was a rumor that it would come in gold. Uh, I'm not as confident of the gold prediction, but space gray sounds uh, like it makes some sense. Yeah, I think it'll come in one color. Just silver. Space gray, I think. Oh, not not silver. No. I, I think German's thing said space gray and silver. Well, like, I mean, he has mock-ups that are in space gray and silver, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know. Space gray, to me, looks so similar to, to silver. Yeah, like, what's the difference, really? So, yes, yeah, it's really not that big of a difference. Uh, would you want a black one? Black one would be nice. I loved my, uh, my black MacBook. Yeah, I think that would be... a better color than space gray to be honest yeah but then it'll it'll scuff too easily like the iphone 5 oh is that why they changed it i think so yeah i like that one i i know some people like that we follow like i don't know like the people in atp they didn't like it and they like the space gray color better but i like the black one better yeah i also like the the original iphone 5 black color better also so uh another story that's been kind of uh popular on the internet these days is a uh, post by Marco Arment, and he's talking about, uh, it was questioning whether Apple has lost the, quote, functional high ground, unquote. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, he regretted posting this, right? He did. He did. So, and basically, some, some background is um, he's basically uh, calling Apple out, or I guess the post kind of called Apple out about 
I guess, degrading quality of their software. And that's both iOS and uh, macOS. And uh, he did retract a little. He thinks that, you know, maybe people took it out of context or maybe took it a little too extreme. But uh, I definitely agreed with him, like, to, to an extent. I, I definitely think he has a point there, right? I mean, I think that they have... Like their pace has, you know, picked up in terms of, you know, releasing a new OS for the Mac and for iOS every year. And I think that's probably, it's fine. I think it was fine when they were kind of doing like the the Lion, Mountain Lion kind of releases where one would kind of add features and then another would kind of refine it. Yeah. And then add kind of speed and stability. Right. But I think kind of this pace that they're going at now where they're just like, Every OS release has like 200 new features or something with like 10 big like marquee features is uh, it's I mean, I don't know how big their software team is, but I just it's pretty unsustainable, I think. Well, I wonder, though, like I think that for both iOS and macOS in the past two years, they've they've undergone like, yeah, sure, like major feature changes, but also major design changes. Right. So I think that like iOS 7, I think we can all agree was probably the buggiest and, and probably the, the least polished of the OS releases. But that was also, I mean, iOS 7 didn't really add that many new features, right? It was mainly like a huge design change. And then maybe it wasn't ready. And then they had to catch up. And then they finally caught up with iOS 7.1 sometime around like March. And then three months later, they announced iOS 8, right? And iOS 8 came with a huge amount of features. I mean, I wonder if iOS 9 will be more of like those releases that are like the uh, the mountain lion releases where they just kind of refine it and maybe polish it and maybe make speed improvements. Like I wouldn't be surprised. They, most of the changes in iOS 8 were pretty substantial. That they, they just polished it up in iOS 9. They, they could still do that, right? Yeah, I think that would really be like the best thing to do just because, I mean, I just, I don't know, like on a daily basis, even with like my iPad and iPhone, I'll be doing things like I'll play, I'll click to play a video and then my my iPhone or iPad will just like kind of reset, you know, and go to like the Apple logo. Not, it'll, it'll do like a restart of the springboard. That's still, I, I haven't had that in a long time. Like the first, I think, releases of iOS, I don't remember if it was iOS 7 or iOS 8. I get a lot of that, but like not lately, like no, no springboard crashes for me lately. Really? You still get those. It's still happening to me on my iPad, not as much on my iPhone. I, I get a lot of like weird bugs um, for sure that I found. Like, for example, I use my iPhone to wake me up in the morning. Yeah. And in the latest release, I forget what the latest release is, but it was probably a couple weeks ago. They, it was like a you know a minor release. So say my alarm goes off and um, I you know open up control center and go to my clock and then I turn the alarm off. When I hit the home button... Like on the lock screen, it will still say like snooze in eight minutes and 52 seconds or something like that, right? Even though I just turned the alarm off and I've never noticed that before. But like with the latest release, that that happens. It's kind of weird. Is that like a known thing? Is that happening to other people? I don't know. I, mean, I, I just assumed and it's not a huge thing and, and it's actually not snoozing. So it's it's not as if like after eight minutes, it will go off again. But I definitely, as soon as I updated it the next morning, I, I noticed that and it happens every day. But it doesn't ring again. It doesn't ring again. But like, it, so it's more like a graphical error, right? Like it's not a major error, but like it's kind of sloppy, right? And you would think that, I mean, I, I haven't looked it up because it's again, it's not a big deal to me, but um, it just goes to show like, I don't know, it's a little, it's definitely buggy. Another one that I have is, um, this is more on my, on my iPad, or it's definitely only on my iPad, but like, you know, the iPad has like the multi-touch gestures. So you can like do like the four or five finger pinch and that will like close the app do you ever use those oh i don't use those at all oh i actually use it quite often and there's a bug where it will just stop working so like if you do the five finger pinch or four finger pinch it just won't do anything and and the fix is actually like you have to pull down notification center and then like pull it back up and then it'll start working again 
That's weird. Yeah, but that's just, and that happens all the time. And, and then there's another one where like Spotlight doesn't work properly. Have you ever seen that one? I thought I had that problem, like because I use Spotlight a lot to launch apps. Yeah, the bug is that like it just won't search apps. Oh yeah, yeah. I've definitely had that problem. That annoys me on a regular basis. And the fix that I found for that at least is that you send yourself an email and then it fixes itself. <laughs> what? Yeah. How is that? A, you, how did you even find that out? Because I Googled it. I was like, why is my spotlight? So I thought there was like something wrong with my settings. And I think I, it, I just, I couldn't fix it. So I Googled it. I was like, is this like a known issue? And like people were like, oh, they still haven't fixed the spotlight bug. And it's been going on for a couple of versions now. Yeah. And yeah. like someone was like, oh, I found the, the fix. You just send yourself an email and then it fixes it. And, and sure enough, it does. Do you have to send yourself an email from the mail, mail.app? Or? Mm, I don't know, actually. Hmm. All right, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, well, how have you been fixing it then? It just, it just goes away by like after time? Yeah, it's just like it'll... Well, when I asked you about this maybe a while back, I think you told me to like turn off everything for Spotlight Search except for applications. Oh, so I've tried that and it didn't work. So that's helped me a lot. Oh. But it occasionally it'll still like uh, not search when I type stuff in. Right. Uh, but I usually just like, I'll just, you know, go do something else and then it'll it'll pop up again and work when I try it again next time. So I, I thought that was the problem originally. And so I turned everything off except for applications. And then when you search, it just co- pulls up nothing. Like, it's just blank. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I was like, this is clearly not working. And so what I did was I Googled it. And, and that's what I found. But it's, like, the weirdest bug. And, like, if that's been going on for a couple of versions now, it's, like, I mean, like, it's not the most, like, I understand it's not, like, a high-priority bug. But there's just a couple of these things that I just see in iOS. It's just, like... I don't, I don't know. Like, I kind of lose faith in Apple every time. They're not deal breakers, but it's just kind of like disconcerting, right? Yeah, no, I think that's, you know, I think they'll get it together. I just think that they have to work with like watch OS now too, right? With the Apple Watch. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot of software to juggle. Plus, I mean, I, I don't know, their iCloud team is probably different also, but... Uh, iCloud's not good either. Yeah, it's just a lot of stuff that they need to kind of get more... I don't know. <laughs> I always feel like Google is... Google does a really good job of like having a lot of things going on at once, like a lot of different projects and, and, you know, pushing out updates to Gmail, like launching new products, you know, like all this other stuff. And, and it all works pretty well. Whereas Apple, like when they try to like spread themselves thin, like it's just kind of like a disaster or maybe not a disaster. Like I don't want to go overboard, but like it's, it definitely seems like their bandwidth or their capacity to work on multiple things at the same time is definitely not as high. I think so too. I just think that they need to just slow it down and they'll be okay. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that iOS 9 and, you know, whatever, 10.11. Do you think it'll call it 10.11? Yeah, why not? I guess I, I'm hopeful that those will be kind of like just refinement ones. Yeah. Uh, like it took them a while because like the design changes just took so much resources and, you know, it was so radical. And then like the next year, they didn't want to like release something that's just no new features. Because then you would have two years in a row where they didn't really have that many huge features. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like a growing pains of, of huge change, right? I, I'm sure that's that's a big component of it. All right, let's move on here. Do you have a digital home office? Uh, <laughs> I I kind of, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like a, a neat freak when it comes to like organizing my computer and stuff. You're kind of a neat freak like in general. Well, in general, right, right, right. And, and that, that also extends to my computer. So like I like to kind of clean out my desktop or organize my files. And, and like, even with my photo library, I try to keep it you know tidy. I don't do such a good job with that. But like, I think last year I bought a scanner and uh, my goal was to kind of scan receipts in and, you know, scan important paperwork and then just shred it. Right? So I don't have to like keep it somewhere and then like, you know, worry about, you know, like organizing them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I haven't really come up with a good system. And then I saw this uh, website. It's called toolsandtoys.net, um, which I think is, is run by Sean Blanc who's kind of like an Apple blogger. And uh, he posted a guide recently that caught my eye, and it's kind of like uh, how to run a paperless office, like a digital home office. So by digital home office, what exactly do we mean? Um, I mean, I think it's just digitizing things so that you can keep records online. And so, I mean, one of the, the basic, like the biggest thing that I took away from that article was there's, there's this Mac app called Hazel. And uh, he recommends running Hazel. And I asked uh, Drakit whether he uses it and he does. And, and he says it's really good. So I haven't tried it yet, but like, it's basically like this app that um, it kind of, it's almost like making automator scripts, but like in a, in a way easier way, like a, I don't know, the interface is a lot easier to, uh, to manipulate. And so what you can do is kind of like create this folder, right? And you have Hazel scan that folder and you can uh, create a series of like, it's almost like if this, then that, like you can create rules. It'll say like, when you scan, say, a, a utility bill, it'll use like uh, on-screen recognition, character recognition. And if it says like electricity, and then you can even type in like your account number, right? And if it recognizes a document that's scanned in that folder that has those characteristics, it can then like copy that file or move that file to like your electricity bill folder and then rename the file name to like electricity bill December 2014 or something like that, right? Yeah, see, that's that kind of stuff is really nice. I mean, I also picked up a, a pretty decent scanner and it has like wireless capability and it can it can upload to like Dropbox or Google Drive or like a local folder on my Synology. So I started like scanning stuff in, but it's just a big mess. Like I haven't organized it at all. Yeah, and, and I... To be fair, I think Hazel probably takes a lot of or like a good amount of upfront work to set it all up and set the rules up. But like if you have a system and you're kind of like, oh, well, I always scan my rent statement or like my electricity bill or my cable bill or something like that, right? It's, it's pretty good, right? Like I, I imagine it would work really well. And it's not just that. Like I think Drakit says he uses it to like um, when he takes screenshots on his iPad or iPhone, uh, it'll just or even on his Mac or something like that, it'll like save it to like a, a folder of his and it'll like differentiate it'll know which device you took it from and then put it in the right folder right so it's like you can even like use it to throw photos in there and it'll automatically import it into aperture or lightroom or or iphoto or something like that right so like you don't need to go into iphoto and then go to import and then point it to your your card and then and then have you know do it manually it'll just automate it for you are there like sample like workflow kind of things that you can i'm sure that there are like i haven't looked too much but like i'm sure there's you know with things like these, uh, there's like people, like communities that kind of share like, oh, here's my workflow for this. And then you can kind of customize it. Mm-hmm. So um, there is like a 14 day trial. So I think I'm going to definitely try that out. It's like my dream to kind of have all this stuff kind of digitally organized, but it is far from a reality. Do you use a app on your phone for like scanning, like a scan bot or anything like that? Um, yeah, I use, I think, TurboScan on my iPhone. Do you scan like receipts and stuff? No, usually not receipts, but usually like any kind of like important document that I don't want to just throw in the scanner. I'll just like, I don't need, like, it's not like important enough to throw in a scanner, but I want like a kind of a record of it. Does it work pretty well? Yeah, yeah, it works pretty well. I always, so for me, like, I always kept receipts, but I always thought it was because, like, more authentic if you have the real receipt. But if I show, like, if I show them, like, oh, I scanned it and here's a picture of it, like, who knows, maybe you photoshopped that or something, right? Yeah. I, I don't really scan receipts, though. Like, what kind of receipts would you scan? I scan anything that's, like, a big purchase, like, uh, I don't know, like my iPhone or something like that. Uh, or, like, if I buy, like, a, But don't like, you buy that, like, online? My iPhone? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, like, I guess, oh, AT&T, I do, I do. So, like, I guess my iMac was the latest receipt that I 
scanned. Didn't we buy the iMac online also? Oh, I got a different receipt when I I had problems with my iMac and I had to return it to the store or like not return it, but like take it in for service. And for some reason, like they gave me another receipt for another iMac. And so I just scanned that just in case. Okay. All right. It's definitely something that it's like, I really, really want to do it, but I just, yeah, I think, I think once I can get Hazel kind of set up the way I want it to, then, you know, life will be good. But right now it's just like, I don't even want to mess with that folder. It's almost like I want to just start over, you know, just leave those in like a folder. And then from here on out, I'll like start organizing them. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of willpower. Like I, I actually am planning on going through all my old photos. And I, I've been saying this for like over a year now, but I want to go through my old photo, photos and, and organize them and then you know make them look nice. But um, we'll see if it'll actually happen. Do you scan like restaurant receipts? No, no, I don't. It's it's mainly things that I'm, I think that I might need to return. Okay. Right, like the things that I haven't bought online. So if I, I don't know, if I go somewhere and I buy something that's like a big ticket or like I buy like a gift or something like that, then I don't want to keep the receipt around, but I want to have a record of it just in case. And so I'll just scan it. Do you download like like credit card statement PDFs? No, because they're just online if you need them. Yeah, I figure I can. Right. So I don't. I don't like. I don't go out of my way to like create files to organize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I just if I do have like stuff that's physical. Uh, so like it's not like I'm gonna download my cable bill and just so I have them all right. But like if I do get one in the mail, which I don't, but like if I get some other bills in the mail, then I will scan those. So you're not like gonna be like a file, like a utility bill completionist. Like you only get like your no, no. like one bill in the mail, and you're gonna download the other ones and then store them. Right, right. All right. Yeah, I so I wasn't sure because I don't know if like with credit card bills, I don't know like how is the archive. Does it just go back forever? I guess I've never really tried to look at like really old statements, but I wonder if they expire after a certain time, and then I wonder if it's worth downloading. But what is there that you need to? Look? I mean, is it just for like spending, like spending habits, or is it like are you going to contest something from like three years ago? Just to just to collect them. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I, I would, <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't feel like collecting bills. I'm not like a, a bill collector. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Gotta collect them all. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So home office, let's both try Hazel. And then let me know if you find something cool with it. I'm actually downloading it right now. Yeah. I mean, I'll try it. And you also, you've downloaded Workflow, right? Yeah. So uh, do you want to explain Workflow real quick? Yeah. Workflow is a, it's, it's a pretty cool app. But I actually feel kind of bad because it's, I think it's like $4, right? Something like that. See, okay. Another thing is I don't get this uh, this thing about app pricing. I don't know. Did you see like uh, M-Rod's tweet today? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I did. Um, about how people spend $4 on coffee uh, every day and it's no, no big deal. But then when an app is $1, then people are like, oh, well, why would I pay for that, right? Yeah, I just don't understand. Like, is that a real mentality? Because for me, I have like no qualms spending like 4 5 6 $10 for an app. I mean, I've heard that analogy a lot. And so I think it's a common analogy. And I definitely know like out of most of my, like I don't, I don't mind spending money on apps either, I guess. But like, and I definitely spend more than most of my friends do. But um, I, I think most of my friends probably don't spend any money on apps. Like if it comes to like playing a game and you can pay 99 cents for like the ad free version, like uh, if it's a game that I like, I'll almost always pay 99 cents. Mm-hmm. But I would say most of my friends, they don't care enough and they'll just play the one with ads. So I, I actually think that's a thing. It's a little weird. I don't understand that. How is that a thing? I don't know. But but like I, I did see a story that I didn't read. I saw the headline, but it's also a very similar. Um, it's on along those lines. But like I think it's like a developer. I forget the name of the developer. Panic, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. And they make Mac OS apps and then iOS apps. And they're saying that their iOS apps just don't make enough money because they have to price them so cheap, cheaply, right? Yeah. Whereas like the Mac OS apps, 
People, I think, like, I mean, with the Mac App Store, I guess the prices are still going down. Like, the days of paying, like, $100 plus for software is is um, probably gone. I don't know, unless you're, like, Adobe or, or maybe Microsoft Office or something like that. But and even like, then, they're trying to, like, push you towards, like, subscriptions anyway. Right, which I think makes sense, right? But, yeah. like, um, yeah, I mean, like, the days of paying hundreds of dollars for, for desktop software is, is gone. But, like, it's still, you can probably pay, like, $30 for, like, we pay $30 for Call Recorder or like, you know, say $30 for Hazel, things like that. Like, I think make a little bit of sense, but like iOS apps it kind of really taps out at like $5 or like mm-hmm. maybe $10, right? Which is just, I mean, if you think about it, like these guys are spending hours and hours and hours and, and probably, you know, teams of several people and, and then they're selling it for $5, which is not really that much, right? So it's just like the price is proportionate to like the size of the screen. Is that what's happening? Or like- I guess so. I mean, I, I definitely feel sympathetic to developers, right? Because like, that seems pretty cheap, but like the overwhelming majority of my friends seem to not pay for any apps, right? Yeah. So let alone a dollar, like that seems like, whoa, why would I pay a dollar, right? And like really, like, like these are same the same people that like, you know, say we go out and they'll be like, oh yeah, this round of drinks is on me. And it's like, you know, in New York City, that's like a hundred dollars, right? Like no right. problem, right? They could buy like a, a lifetime of apps, right? But like they just buy one round and like that's the same, but they don't think that way, right? Yeah, I don't get like 99 cents for me. It's like a no brainer. Like I'll, I'll buy that all the time, hundred percent. If it's like a good app, like they have my money. Yeah, I don't know. But, but going back to workflow, like I think I feel bad because I was the one that sent you the link and I was like, oh, check out this app. And then you bought it and I still haven't bought it. Oh, so you didn't buy it? I have not bought Workflow now. You cheap bastard! I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay four dollars for that. <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing too is like we're, we're never actually paying four dollars because we usually get such good deals on the gift cards. Yeah, that's true. Like at so, least twenty, you're getting at least twenty percent off right off the bat. Right. Well, I'm, I'm still not paying that. And like, if the, if the app is useful, you know, that's that's nothing. I I just, I just don't understand it. Like this mentality for like uh like phone phone and like tablet apps. It's so uh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I I I'm probably a little bit more frugal than you when it comes to apps, but I'm definitely more uh, willing to spend than most of my friends. Going back to workflows again. Uh, so like, it's <laughs> sorry, sorry for that rant. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I mean, it's good. But like, workflow is an app. That kind of is like an automator for iOS, right? So like you can generate your own scripts. I thought it was a really cool app in terms of like functionality, but I wasn't sure if I was actually going to use it. But you actually bought it. So what do you think? Um, yeah, so I haven't really used it that much, but you know, that's kind of the reason why I was asking you for the like the recipes and stuff for Hazel. So are there, are there recipes for workflow? There are. Um, I mean, people have put stuff up. Like I think the intro when you buy the app, the uh, the example like workflow that they have is you making a GIF. How does that uh, out of like a video? Out of like taking it's like stop motion, like taking you take three pictures. Oh, I see. I see. Um, so it basically you take three pictures. Um, and then it makes the GIF and then it pops it up and then you can like send it to your friend or something or post it on Facebook. But does it ask you to take three new pictures or does it say like pick three pictures from I your mean, camera you can, roll? I mean, you can choose, but I think in the, uh, in the like sample that you make, uh, they want you to take like three at that time. So I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't really taken the time to sit down and make kind of like these workflows. But uh, I was looking at um, Casey Liss, who is another co-host of ATP. Mm-hmm. Um, accidental tech podcast and he posted some like sample workflows that i think were pretty cool like one for um like messaging his wife like when he leaves so you just kind of like so it's kind of like fast text yeah that basically it replaces fast text which is a uh, casey Liss's app which basically saves like pre-made text messages so you can like send it to your you know wife that you're about to leave yeah so this one like his new updated like workflow one 
is it basically like gets his you basically initially initially set your home address right so um and then it'll always get like your current location so like let's say you want to send it now you're leaving work then you click like that workflow it'll get your location it'll like get the travel time mm-hmm. and then it'll write i'm leaving in i'm like i'm leaving now i'll be home in and it takes that time and put it puts it in so i'll be home in like 10 minutes and then it'll but if there's traffic it'll say like 20 minutes or something like that yeah i'm sure I it just know. uses like the regular like i don't know the maps api or something pulls one of the i don't know how that hopefully works hopefully not but. apple maps well, probably, right? Probably, yeah. <laughs> then you'll never get home. Pops that up and then... So it's it's kind of cool. Like, that's, like, one usage that I didn't even think about. And, like, another one is, like, he gets, like, download numbers for his podcast. Oh, I get those, too. It's three. <laughs> like, I don't, even need, I don't even need an app for that. Um, or, like, uh, appending, it's like... you and me and my mom. <laughs> Wait, my that's mom downloads, it. too. Oh, oh, really? So it's four. Four. Uh, so, so your thing is wrong. You need, a, <laughs> you need this workflow. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of cool, like little little things like that that you can. It's it's pretty complex, even though the app kind of looks simple. I think the biggest problem for me is that like it's a cool app, but like I I think that like I saw a video of someone running the workflows, and like it just doesn't look very nice when you're running them because it actually just does them automatically. Like you have to watch it. Yeah, right. Like if it just did it in behind the scenes or something like that, then like I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna just do this, but like. To have to watch it go through these things, it kind of loses a lot of the magic, right? And that's not, that's not like the developer's fault, right? Cause you have to do it the way iOS works. But like, I don't know. Like that made it seem less cool to me. Whereas like, I think Hazel works really quickly. Like I've seen like, uh, examples where this guy had a folder that it was monitoring. And then every time he downloads a new like MP3 or music song, like it automatically adds it to iTunes and then deletes the file, right? So you don't have double, like duplicate files. And that seems like a pretty cool, you know, like, I mean, if you're like an organizational like freak like I am, then like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, or like, you know, it would be nice if, you know, once like this HomeKit stuff starts coming out, it's it can do like location stuff and start getting like, uh, you know, maybe work with your Nest or like your, you know, your HomeKit enabled thermostat and then start to like heat up your house as you get home or just like it seems like there's a lot of cool things that you can do yeah i mean i definitely think that's that's the future uh, hopefully we get there sooner than later but then i think the real future is if you implant a chip into someone's brain for about a week <laughs> and then you like download their personality into like code and then you put it in like a little thing that'll just make your toast for you automatically speaking of real future and not black mirror jason yeah. <laughs> did you see the uh the article that said that uh nike is gonna release the the back to the future shoes this year no is that like another back to the future hoax though it's real? Yeah, I think it's real. It's not like those, because like every year there's like three or four times a year. It's like, today's the day from Back to the Future, right? And they're always wrong. Like when is, I don't even know when the real date is. But like, Well, we're finally in the real year. Oh, we are? It's 2015? It's, it's 2015. Is it like October something? It is. This is really bad because I consider myself like a pretty good Back to the Future person. <laughs> also like a pretty good Mac Moon person. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that his name? Mac tonight. Oh, Mac, Mac tonight. He's a moon. He's from McDonald's. I, Mac Moon. October twenty first, two thousand fifteen. Oh, that's the real one. That's that's the date. But I'm I'm sure the shoes were out before then. It's not like they were released that day. How sad would it be if like October twenty first, twenty fifteen comes around and nobody posts about it, even though like people have I've seen like literally ten times people have been like today's the day, today's the day, and like every time it's like no, you idiot, it's not today, right? But yeah, it's this do, year. If the For real sure. day comes by and nobody says anything, that would just be sad. I mean, all they need is the Cubs to win the World Series. Uh, that might happen. They have a good team. A better team. Oh, no, yeah. A better team than before, I guess. Yeah. I sent you the link. Let me see. Back to the... So, huh, you, 
Okay, here's a question. How, how long do you think they were planning this? Do you think like 20 years ago they were like, oh, let's just wait until early 2015 and then we'll, we'll release the shoe? Or do you think like this is something that just came up with like... Well, I mean, month? they released it in limited release last year. Do you remember? No. Um, but without power laces, which, come on, like that's, that's the real... Oh, so uh, they actually had the power laces. They're saying that this year we're going to have like the power laces. So Okay, then another question that I have is like, do you think that... The technology for power laces just weren't there. Like it wasn't there last year, and so they couldn't do it. And then this year, they some breakthrough in power lace technology that they were like, "Now nah, we can finally do the shoe justice." Or you think that last year they were like, "Let's release it without power laces," so that next year we can release it with power laces and sell the same shoe twice? I mean, I, I'm not. I'm sure that there wasn't like some like shoe power lace breakthrough between now and then. I kind of like to think that there was a breakthrough in power lace technology. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going with. I mean, it's probably way more realistic that Nike was just greedy and they were like, we can release the same shoe twice, one with and one without. But like, I like to think that they've made some uh, good progress. Yeah, I think maybe last year or however long it was, they couldn't. I don't know. Maybe they did. <laughs> they couldn't do it. Yeah. No, I think they, you know, they're just like, oh, my gosh, it's 2015 now. Like, we have to have this shoe. Like, this is such a great, like, marketing opportunity that we got to get like these. Yeah, but I wonder how long they were thinking about this. Like five years ago, do you think they were like, well, we need to start working on this thing now? Or do you think this is like a relatively recent thing? I think it's probably a few years. Let me see when these shoes came out. It might not have been last year. Oh, no. The 2011 pair of official Nike mags. Oh, yeah. 2011. So I think they they lit up or something. That was about it. Yeah. So maybe in the past three years, there's just been like a, a huge breakthrough. How come we don't have power laces in anything else? You think they have to put it first in the Back to the Future shoe? I, I don't know. Do you think the hoverboard will ever come out? Yeah, I think eventually, not not in 2015. I mean, didn't didn't someone make like a prototype or like a working one? Uh, wasn't there like a fake one, like a fake video with like Tony Hawk? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, it was fake. Sorry to get uh, sorry to burst your <laughs> bubble, Jason. Are you gonna get these sneakers? Heck yeah. Well, so when do the Nike shoes come out? Okay, well the guy said we still have 11 and two thirds months left in 2015. But you said that you're, they're going to come out before the October date, right? No, no. Oh, they're not going to... Oh. But I think they're going to come out this year. Well, you think they're going to come out on the Back to the Future date? I think that would be their ideal release date. I mean, it can't be that difficult to make that date, right? It's like in October. I mean, October, the extra two months might help. (laughs) This is not like the new iPhone or something like that, right? Like, it's it's a pair of sneakers with power laces. They got to get this right. Yeah, I guess so. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, let's keep it short this week. Next week, I think we still have some uh, some stuff that I want to talk about, like maybe some of the CES stuff that's from the once this all wraps up. Okay. Well, I, li- I like the uh, little teaser there. Yeah. So tune in next time. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Jason. I'll see you next week. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.